again, everyone, especially you loyal listeners and readers of Motorsport Magazine. It's great to have you back with us in a new year. I know it's the 19th of January, but Happy New Year to all of you. And I hope that you'll stay with us throughout the year for these fantastic podcasts. And I tell you what, we've got a great one for January today. Because with us is Dario Franchitti, one of our most popular guests. And one of the reasons I know this is because of the number of questions that you send in for Dario. So welcome and thank you very much for coming. Thank you. Nice to be here. Have you come all the way from Scotland for us today or not? Yeah, I actually did. I've got a thing on tonight that I managed to fit in, but oh, generally okay. just came down, um, fit in a, few, a dinner last night. With Marino and Steve Soper and David Cuff and John Wheatley, so we had a bit of a, 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 a good time of that. But yeah, good. Here I am. Good. Well, great, great. So Dario Franchitti with us for the whole of the next hour. But for the first half, uh, we're going to get into your questions. That's you, the readers and the listeners, who've written into our our website, motorsportmagazine.com. And the first one comes from Patrick Floyd. And Patrick wants to know, Dario, of all the Jim Clark cars, which would you most like to drive in competition? It's a, I think it's an obvious answer, I would have to say. Actually, it's not that obvious when I really think about it. I'd like to drive them all, or most of them anyway. I'm not sure about the Lotus 13, the Lotus 40. Yeah. I think I might have given them a bit of a miss. But um, certainly the Lotus 38, 38.1 especially, is probably top of my list um the 49 would have been quite something and the lotus 25 i just think that, that, that having driven it a little bit at goodwood now is such a you know the one and a half liter car just so yeah alive yeah oh i'd like to do that as well not that i ever will um okay patrick there's your answer they think on their feet these guys don't they very good he doesn't he doesn't know what the questions are till he has them the next one is from Ross Urquhart, and Ross says, um, Dario, aside from the Indy 500 wins, which win or result gave you the most satisfaction during that amazing career of yours? Probably Surfer's Paradise um, 99, I think, because it was that pressure situation of the championship was on the line and I was fighting with Montoya and I had to go there and qualify pole fastest lap and win the race and not only that but well first of all qualified pole by about a second um having missed the brake pedal going into one of the the, the critical corners of the track realized I'd been braking about 100 yards too early after that I actually braked where I probably should have and as I say got in, got a pole position by, by a fair bit in the race I was able to I was leading the race, Monty was second and just kept pushing him harder and harder and he was trying harder and harder to keep up and he eventually went off. So um, that plan worked quite nicely. Um, <laughs> but that was that was probably that one that really sticks in my mind of. I, uh, I got I got a lot of things right that day um, and the car was really good. I'll tell you what, for a man who's won so many races, it must be quite tough to think of the answer to that question. Anyway, thanks. The, the odd question is, though, the odd thing is, not the question, but the odd... A lot of times you get more satisfaction out of a race you might have finished fourth yeah. or fifth. You know, it's not necessarily those wins. You think, oh man, that one I came from the back and you know sure. I had to overcome something. Sure. Those t a lot of times are more satisfying than uh, than yeah. anything else. Okay, um, the next one is from Matt, and uh, he wants to. Uh, well, I'll tell you what he says. He says he'd like to ask the historic enthusiast, Mr. Franchitti, the following question: You've got one afternoon. One track, one car, and no rev limit. Oh. <laughs> I've never driven on the, the new course, never mind the old course, but I'm going to say the old spa. Um, yeah. And as far as cars, there's two that spring to mind. The 99, again, Reynard Honda. As one of that I've driven and raced, I loved that car. I'd hate to think of the terminal speed it would have achieved at Spa, though. <laughs> it would have been terrifying. Arriving at the kink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you'd have to. I'd have to have my my porridge that morning, um, or probably a three one two T four. Oh yeah. Um, that to me was just a, 
a car I almost bought at one point, but just a stunning car. And I can't think of, especially with no rev limit, um, just <laughs> having that lovely flat 12, just absolutely screaming. I think that would have been awesome. I think spa with the old spa with no rev limit, never mind the car. <laughs> That's a good answer. Good question, Matt. Thank you very much. Okay, let's move on to Paul Sweeney. Um, he wants to know, Dario, how you found working with Carl Hogan during your first year in CART. And is it true that you almost went to Penske in 98? Oh, these are good questions, huh? Um, funnily enough, we're sort of revisiting some of this stuff just now because I'm just doing the initial um, research into to sort of doing my book. Ah. Um, so I was kind of reliving the, the Hogan years, or the Hogan year. Carl was... He was a very fiery character. And he sponsored it himself. His whole idea was he was going to go out and he was going to find these sponsors and help to pay for it. Mercedes gave us engines that first year, but he funded the rest of it out of his own pocket. Um, <laughs> it gets a bit complicated when Mercedes were, su or were supposed to sort of contribute something and didn't or something. But anyway, he spent a lot of his own money. He, As far as working with him, he gave me everything I needed. We had the best spec engines um, because of my relationship with Mercedes. He, the latest updates on the Reynard cars that we were running. Um, the team was a little bit disorganized, unfortunately, just because it had been thrown together so quickly. And, you know, Carl was very much, he'd show up at the weekends and start sort of trying to change things a little bit when the, the guys had sort of really got into a rhythm of something. So it became a bit disorganized because of that. But he was a great guy really a a good man and there's a situation at Portland where we'd found I think I'd been taken out by Al Jr. and Al Jr. never did stuff like that. He never made mistakes. And he took us out and there was this thing of on T V of Carl and I standing there and Carl was just going off. And it looked like he was going off at me, but he wasn't. <laughs> he was just saying, What do we have to do to get some luck? And then he saw the camera and gave me a big hug. <laughs> but he, he he was not going off at me. I I I really I enjoyed working with Carl. Um I wish I could have, when I left the team, I wish I could have done it differently. I wish I could have um, explained what was happening and been more, you know, just been, okay, I'm, I'm going to Barry Green, blah, blah, blah. But because of the way these things work, it had to be sort of, had to sign for Barry and then tell mm. Carl. And it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't right. And it's something, if I had the chance to do it again, I would. Mm. And um, luckily, luckily for me, um, we were able to have a, What's the word? We 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 he he called me actually after I broke my pelvis in two thousand and had that big accident in testing. He called me and said, "Look, if you need anything, I know we've had you know some cross words. If you need anything, right. you call me." So we had a great chat and we had a, a, a chance to sort of to become friends again. And he he passed away not long after, so I was really really grateful yeah. for for that chance. Brilliant. Um, and did you almost join Penske and? I knew nothing about it, but apparently I did. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't really understand that. Well, in at the end of '97, as I say, I went. I did a deal with um, with Barry Green, and we were talking to Bobby Rahal as well about driving his car. He was going to retire a year early, but Carl, after we we started speaking again, said something about yeah, you know, Roger was going to, I was going to give you to Roger or something to to drive for him. Which I'm lucky didn't happen because it was that year of the the tiny Mercedes at the horrible power band mm. and they were on Goodyear tires when Goodyears were not a thing to have and stuff. So that that could have been a, a career breaker. Um, I love. I would have loved to have driven for Roger. You know, as much as as, as I loved one of my real things that I got satisfaction that was beating the Penske team because they are so good. I would I would have liked to have driven for Roger at some point. And we, on numerous occasions, we 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 came close to it, including. In 96, I almost went over there as the test driver for Penske um, and doing a sort of a partial season. But that, uh, but when I did the Carl deal, that, that sort of fell away. Ganassi worked out quite well, didn't it, really? Ganassi worked out better than I ever could have hoped. And Chip told me at the time, he wanted me to sign a napkin in our famous Detroit meeting when we were negotiating this IndyCar contract that literally happened on the spur of the moment. He's like, just sign a napkin. You won't regret it. <laughs> And he was he was one hundred percent right. The, yeah. You know him and the, his team they they really did they changed my life. Yeah. Um, the book 
the book. Are you? Are we going to have a, a Dario book? This sounds. This sounds good. We're trying to do it right now. We're we're sort of doing the initial research and stuff. Brilliant. We're trying to put the deals together to to make it uh, to get it published and everything. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting to go back and start going mm. through everything and then the memories it brings up and the extra little bits you've maybe forgotten about. Yeah. So it's it's fun and I'm I'm doing it with a friend. So um, all will be revealed, but I'm doing it with a with a with a good friend of mine. So that's fun. And will it tell it like it is? So far, yeah. I think I'm going to get in trouble on some of the stuff. But <laughs> good, good. We went past the, we went to the what I call the I Love Me room the other day, which is all my memorabilia and stuff. And we started going through some of the the bits and pieces that were there, and I'd forgotten about some of the stuff that's that's there. You know, letters from you know, team owners and yeah. really kind of fun stuff to look back on. Good Dar- news, Dario. You said before we started recording that your filing system for your books at home, you categorised the books by putting adjacent to each other books about drivers who were friends got on with each other where will you stick the Dario Franchitti book when it's written that's a good question Simon uh, um, not next to the Jimmy ones because they've got they're in their own room <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, probably maybe next to the Jackie the Jackie books or um, There's no Kevin McGarity books, are there? There isn't no, a Kevin no, McGarity no, Kev- one yet. yet. I'm working on it. God, that would be a good book. He's he features heavily, in, he will feature heavily in my book. I can guarantee it. Um, I would say probably next to McCray or or, or Jackie. Greg good Moore. Qu- and, well, Greg's next to Colin anyway. Yeah. <laughs> good question. Good answer. Thank you, Simon. I should have said earlier on that Simon Aaron is here with us, as is our editor, Damien Smith, and our editor-in-chief, Nigel Roebuck. Okay, and you'll be hearing from all of them later when we get into our Hall of Fame American racing voting system. Okay, John Saviano wants to know, why is it that some IndyCar drivers make it in Formula One, Mario, Jacques, for example, and others don't? Is it because the disciplines are so different, or is there something more to it than that, do you think, Dario? It seems to me that it is more and more difficult for people to cross um, disciplines. Why? Because it's more and more specialised. Right. Um, you, it, the, the, de- the details are smaller and smaller. The difference between success and failure is probably smaller and smaller. Um, it, it comes down to now. You see what happens with, with Lewis, for instance, when they did this thing with the tyre pressures. <laughs> if that is indeed what caused the slump at the end of the season. It's that kind of small thing mm, that can make amazing. a difference between success and failure. So you manage, imagine, sorry, you imagine a guy jumping in to, from an Indy car that weighs a load and has this type of tyre with this type of grip and you jump into a, you know, a Formula One car which is a lot lighter, mm. um, has these completely different tyres, it mm. breaks, everything is so different about it, um, which I've experienced obviously a couple of times um, in my my career a, a while back um but it, i think that is probably why some guys especially recently um have struggled zanardi for instance really struggled yeah. because of those horrible crappy groove tires yeah. Yeah. um and i know when i drove that jag the slow corner grip was ridiculous i mean uh, it was like an elephant on ice <laughs> it was just terrible and okay the jag was not the be all and end all no, no, sure. but um yeah. Yeah, just that, that that sort of thing. So you're saying that when Villeneuve and Andretti did it, the the, the gap wasn't so to the, the d- there was a much bigger difference between them. Well, I think that's why guys haven't succeeded now. I, right. I will say Mario, obviously, is clearly exceptional. I mean, he did it for so many decades, whether it was IndyCar and then obviously yeah. F1 over such a long period. And Jacques, um, yeah, the cars may be somewhat similar in terms of the slick tyres and stuff, but when he came over again... It was in a great car, but he yeah. did a fantastic job, and, and yeah. I definitely would not take anything away from um, from what he achieved by saying, "Oh, it was easier for him." It certainly wasn't, but he, yeah, he nailed it. Okay, good. Um, this next one comes from from Paul Fernley, who writes for Motorsport Magazine, as most of you will probably know. Um, and and Paul wants to know whether you're related to Dario Resta, who is the Anglo. Italian winner of the 1916 Indy 500, but your cousin is Paul Deresta, so yeah, no relation, but a complete. Yeah, when the first time I read his name, I went, "Wow, that, that is very, very odd." Yeah. But no, absolutely no relation at all. Um, fascinating character when you start reading about him, isn't he? Mm. 
some of the stuff he did and the, the, the different tracks he raced on and didn't he wasn't he one of the guys that was instrumental in Willow Springs Raceway or something? Was he? I didn't know that. I think I read that the other day. Might I might be mad, but I think I read it the other day. Really? Was Willow Springs going then? That old, yeah. I think really? was, I think he was one of the guys. I might I might be just completely mad, but I read some thing. It's quite it's quite spooky though, isn't it? Dario <laughs> Resta. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, kind of weird. Yeah. Anyway, well, that was 1916, the Indy 500. Yeah, thanks for the question, Paul. Moving on to Nick Mitchell, uh, who wants to know if you have any stories from testing in the Laurel Hill Tunnel for Ganassi. What tunnel would that be? I don't know what you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> well. We were sort of always sworn to secrecy on that, and yeah. then Chip started talking about it. <laughs> like, um, I haven't really run there much um, because the, the, the rules changed so that we couldn't, um, I think probably because of that tunnel. Right. Um, but the stories are legendary within our team of some of the stuff that happened. It's, it's a Darren it, Manning, for example. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff that possibly happened in there, but <laughs> it's a very interesting place. Uh, something out of a like out of a James Bond film, really. And the, tell the, us a bit about it. I mean, yeah, gotta be. Um, well, it's a tunnel. It's long. <laughs> <laughs> well, how much has Chip said? Just add a little bit more to that. Yeah. <laughs> Laurel Hill. This is California. This no, is it's oh. uh, it's in deepest, darkest Pennsylvania. Ah, right. Um, okay. Not back, not far from Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. Um, it, it, it basically allows them to to do aerodynamic testing in a <laughs> controlled environment with actually a proper car, and it is you don't realise quite how quick you're going in a in a <laughs> racing car until you go down a tunnel that's quite <laughs> narrow at serious speed. It's it's it gets your attention. Put it that way. I bet it does. Yeah. The, the noise must be amazing. <laughs> the noise is cool. The noise is very, what, very what cool. What sort of serious speed are you talking about? I can't say. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, there's some things we we kind of we gotta. Okay. Yeah, it's it's proper speed. I mean, we're not we're not messing about, and it's certainly not to scale. You know, it, it's it's full. Yeah, it's full. What is it? Jenks would say full noise. Yeah, <laughs> you're definitely in full noise. Um, but it, it, yeah, it's a fascinating, fascinating place. I don't even know if we still run the Indy car there, because of again the regulations of. Of um, yeah. have come down so much, but then if you don't do stuff like that, you, you within the regulations, you just move your, you, you know, your your, your money t to to other forms of development. You know, it's the same with the F one thing; they cut down on this, so then they start doing that. I wonder if Adrian knew he's got a tunnel underneath Milton Keynes. Do you think he has? Maybe he has. It'd be a good use for Milton Keynes, wouldn't it? Not <laughs> 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 want a tunnel out of there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Well, this is very intriguing. Yeah, well done, Nick Mitchell. Good question. Um, right, here's a nice one from Graham Sinclair. Um, if you could drive the north coast of Scotland in any car, old or new, what would be your vehicle of choice? And before you answer, I need to tell you <laughs> that the last person who answered this question ended up with a front cover feature in Motorsport magazine. That was Ian Callum from Jaguar, who chose a Ferrari 250 short wheelbase. I remember that piece very okay. well. It was anyway. really, it was a great article. Um, I was up there recently. Um, we did the Evo Car of the Year on up, up in the North Coast 500 and um, had all these amazing cars to to use. Actually, we all got sunburned, believe it or not. It was in September. The weather was so nice. And I took up my old Hot Rod 911 which might be is is up there with the the, the cars to do that road in. Um, I would say though the probably the, the Carrera GT because it's you get the top, GT. yeah and get yeah. the top down and 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 just listen to that wonderful engine and uh, or take the top off I guess it is you're not really putting you're you're putting in the boot but yeah. yeah that would be nice or maybe something smaller but but uh, but convertible maybe something. Old like a Lotus Cortina, a three fifty six Speedster or something, that might be nice. Um, Good choices here. Yeah, F forty. Nah, <laughs> the F forty would be. I think would be. There's some of those passes would. Wouldn't. I don't think it'd get up. And uh, mind you, it wouldn't be a bad choice. I don't think it's a bad choice for any road. 
and I have to go up there and find it. I'm going to experiment next. I'm going to go up there, freak, and do. I think the editor is thinking to himself, "I'm coming along with it." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we could have some fun with that one, couldn't we? We could. We could. Yeah. Wow, well, fa- fantastic roads, aren't they? Absolutely. Stunning. And what a beautiful part of the world. Wow. Don't know why people queue up at Gatwick when you can go up there, but anyway, there you go. Uh, where, where, where am I here? Oh, yes. Okay. Um, another one, Dario, from Glenn Alcock, and he wants to know, what circuit do you regret not racing on? And you can't choose the old spa because we've done the old spa. Yeah, I, I, again, probably... I didn't race at Spa, the new Spa. I never raced there. I didn't oh, yeah, race really? at Monza. Um, Monza for the historic side of things more than the actually, you know, the, the circuit is probably not the most brilliant with the chicanes and stuff, no. but it's it's Monza. And Bathurst. <laughs> really. Oh, and of course, Le Mans. Yeah, that was... That one's still kind of... Yeah, I bet that rankles r- a bit, doesn't it? It does, it does. Because wouldn't it be something that you'd love to do now if you could? Well, I mean, that's what you were going to do, isn't it? Yeah, we had th- that was all kind of organised to, to go and do that. Yeah. It would have been... Yeah, it would have been the last year. Yeah. Um, in a car that actually did very, very well. Very well. <laughs> you, you must be excited for Marino and the, uh, the big Ford GT chance. I am delighted yeah. for Marino. It's such a, a well-deserved thing. He's worked so hard to to get in that position. Um, you know, and he had a tough time. He had a you know no real fault of his own. I think he you know he won Sebring, and I thought here we go. You know, he's won he's won that now, and thing it just didn't happen for one reason or another. But Ford, he was always on Ford's radar, having won that for the first time, well, for them for the first time since '69, was it? Mm. Um, so he's he's really happy. Great program. What a car! I mean, really, and yeah. it's a. It, I love the fact that Ford are going right. We're doing it like we did in the sixties. Yeah. They're showing up four cars, big Armada, and um, they're celebrating the history of, the, yeah. of their brand. And uh, what a history it is! You know, he's um, he dropped me off at the station this morning in his yellow five-liter Mustang. <laughs> handy, handy little car. Subtle. <laughs> <laughs> Great car, actually. Really quite good. Oh dear, I like it. Oh, well done. You're doing well, Dario. Thank you. Um, for, uh, this is from Stevie Mitchell. I'm not, I'm not quite sure about this question, but well, I'm going with it anyway. Um, he wants you to tell him whether it was harder to master Indianapolis or Ingleston. Well, I won at Indy. I never won at Ingleston. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's... that's yeah, yeah. I've been talking a lot about Ingleston recently. Yeah. Um, I mean, Indy is such a, a crazy place to to master because it changes all the time yeah, Rigel was there last year again and you look at it and you really think hmm, four Just turn 90, left. <laughs> 90 degree left handers four of them it really can't be that difficult and it changes all the time the track is constantly changing grip level um, with with the sun with the, the, hmm. the, the humidity wind direction yeah. um, all these little things change the, the, the track and it so it's constantly almost changing shape and the way I used to drive it it would actually I would visualize it in my mind changing shape I'd look up at the, f- the, the wind socks for instance and I would in my mind visualize the track one corner would become tighter one corner would become more open one corner would become slightly slower one quicker depending on on that wind direction so it uh, I had a kind of peculiar way of dealing with with, with the track um, in our next issue, Dario, um, Simon Taylor's had lunch with Montoya, which is a great read, out at the end of the month. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <coughs> he, I think he found Montoya quite hard work, but actually you know, d- um, Juan did get into the spirit of it and he, he did tell some good stories. But he talks about Indy and the attitude he had when he first turned up and said it's just four corners. But even now, he said he, he refused to get psyched out by the place, basically, and, and just, you know, a, a, approached it like any other circuit. So, is there a psychological element to that place? Do you think, or oh, hugely? And if you're mentally strong enough not to get psyched out by it, so much the better. But oh. it is a place that, if you allow it, it will mess with your head yeah. absolutely because you're in that. the car for such a long time. As in, you know, it's a week's running now. Used to be a month. Now it's a week. But every minute, every second you're in that car, you have to be given hundred percent. Because if you're not, the car doesn't handle right. Um, number one, to set the car up properly for the race, you have to have it on the ragged edge. 
and that just leads to to mental fatigue and with mental mm. fatigue you start to if you allow it again to, to to sort of to drain you but it was i always used to talk about it like going to war going to india was like going to war you know, every time it was like, right it was a battle between you mm. it and the other 32 mm. people that were, were out there but it was you and the track first of all it's relentless speed as well isn't it that's the thing there's no there's no no place to relax at all though, there it? is no place to hide i watched um just a, a quick aside i watched dixon and in qualifying last year before they had the problems with the actually they'd had a couple of cars over but before they turned the boost down Dixon was one of the first guys out to qualify and it was starting to sprinkle pretty pretty hard I mean I was getting you know kind of wet in pit lane and I was kind of screaming at the official tell me to throw the XXX yellow flag because it was at this point dangerous anyway Dixon went round and his first lap was a 233 average and it was raining and then luckily they threw the yellow and I said to him afterwards something like it's bloody raining Scott he said yeah mate she got a bit of uh, She's got a bit of interest in there in three or something. <laughs> I just thought, <laughs> nutter. <laughs> uh, but it's yeah. It I guess I guess the answer to this question <laughs> is that Indianapolis is a tad harder than Ingleston. Indy's probably <laughs> a tad harder than than, than Ingleston. But Ingleston was I mean, it's where I, my love of the sport started, yeah. and I would I'd love to to see racing there again. Yeah. They're having some sort of revival up there, aren't they? Yeah, they haven't really got the full track though, and it, it, mm. I don't unfortunately think it was properly supported, which is a sh was a shame. Um, but it would be nice to get to get it all going again. It was such a a history to that track, and <coughs> mm. Scottish racing. It'd be wonderful. Um, such an unusual, special place. And uh, when we did our nineteen uh, sixties photo bookazine uh, last year, during the research for that, I came across some pictures in the LAT archive from Ingleston, and it's the fact there's a little a milk bar or a milkshake bar right by the... And there's a couple of... There's an infinite mini more or less going through the front window. And just to have... You know, it, it just... It's got features that no other circuit had. But Dougie Niven went over the barrier, didn't he? And ended up in the... Uh, on top of the toilets. Actually, went through <laughs> the toilets. So they moved the toilets <laughs> then <and> thereafter. <laughs> yeah, I managed to put Kevin... Well, I didn't put Kevin. I... Kevin missed the gear. And I... I bent his rear suspension when he missed the gear and when he turned left in the first part of the Ingleston S's which were flat out the car turned hard left <laughs> in the barrier so um, he almost followed the, the F1 car that I saw as a kid go over the barriers there which was quite something Okay, we have to, I'm afraid we'll have to mo move on fairly briskly because we've still got our Hall of Fame to come um, Dario, this is from Istvan Simon and uh, he just wants to know which of the three Indy wins was the toughest, quite a nice Straightforward question, I guess. Oh, no, I don't think it is. It's not. It's not. It's, each one was difficult in its own way. The first one, because it was the first one. Yeah. Um, the fastest of the three cars, the 2010 car, was just a rocket ship. Unfortunately, I had to save a lot of fuel at the end to, to make it to the finish with when the last pit stop happened. But that car was, was ridiculous. You could pull away you know, seconds in a matter of a couple of laps. It was just a fast, fast car. Um which I almost screwed it up by rubbing the wall at a turn one whilst adjusting the weight jacker mid-corner. Silly thing <laughs> to do. Um, the 12 one was was very difficult because of the whole spinning or getting spun by mm. uh, Viso and pit lane and then having to come from the back to the front again. I think as a team performance, that was good. The guys fixed the nose, didn't panic. Yeah. And then obviously the Sato attack on the last lap. Um Got, got got the heart rate up a little <laughs> bit. Um, so, yeah, seven was being the first one, but 12 was probably the biggest adventure. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, to win it once is something, twice is something, three times, fantastic. Great achievement, isn't it? Um, I like this one from Melissa, who, who's in Ohio. She wants to know what's been the most difficult part of your retirement. I think that's an interesting question for a guy who was so, you know, full on as you were. It's a very good question. I think in some ways I've been I've been cushioned. The the blow has been cushioned, shall we say, because I'm I'm still working right. with the team I'm still involved I'm not 
I'm not sort of driving the car, but I'm still working. Last week, I was on the phone with my old engineer, Chris Simmons, who's working with Scott, and was like, right, what's going on? What are we doing for St. Pete? How is this going to work? What's going on there? I was on the phone to Scott about, okay, where did we struggle last year? So I'm still involved in that. Hmm. I, I love that part of it, and yeah. I still get to be part of the team and enjoy the you know, the highs and lows of it. Um, but you haven't, got, you haven't got the... Is that good and bad, Dario? I mean, because in a way... You, you know, you're still involved in that part of it, but the last bit is not there. Is is, is that? It's all. I think it's all good, because yep. it's it's sort of half the. I get to do. It's, it's half the bit. It's not the most fun bit, uh, but you know, being involved in that championship battle and the, the tiny bit I was able to contribute to to, to that. Mm. After the feeling of watching Scott do what he did at that last race was. I tell you, what a feeling that was. <laughs> I do miss, the hardest bit is missing driving the car. Yeah. And again, going back to what I said about ovals, it was like going to war. So there's that bit. My mind's moved on from that. I couldn't do that again. No matter how much money you paid me, I couldn't, I don't think, get back in a car and drive on an oval at the level that is required. And I don't think these guys get enough respect for what they what they do do, guys and girls, what they do do and what they go through on, on the ovals. But mm. there are some days I just miss driving the, a car. Mm. At, at that sort of speed, mm. um, it's only only twice I've missed driving the car. Both times at Mid Ohio, right before yeah. qualifying, and I thought, yeah, mm -hmm. I said, give me give me a go. Stick a set of the, the soft fire stones on it, and I'll, I'll have a wee a wee crack at the this year. But that's only the twice, and I'm sure it'll happen at Road America. I'm sure when we go to Road America, I'll just be like, ah. <laughs> but that that's it. That's really that's the probably the, the biggest thing is is missing that. But trust me, it's not a. I'm, I feel very lucky. It's not a sort of a constant longing. Sure. Sure. Okay. Um, the last one comes from Jason Mulvaney. And um, he says, quite rightly, he says, you raced in, in, in this amazing period of time when there, were, there was a lot of talent um, on the IndyCar grid. And uh, he says he likes the underdogs. So he wonders if you've got any stories of, about people who you think were impressive, but never, never quite made it, you know, to the very top, which requires that sort of thousand percent of everything. That's a good question. The, the guy that's right in my head, we've already talked about him, is Kevin McGarity, and it was not because of application or, or any of that stuff. It was pure, it was luck of being in the right place at yeah. the right time, and getting the the backing to to go all the way. I really felt. Um, he, from the first day I watched him drive, he, I thought yeah, he's he's something special, hmm. and he just never got those those chances. And but if if we actually sat here and went through, there's a list of of people who have, I've seen that happen too, and he, but Kevin would be at the top of that list. Do you not think you know we, you do read and hear a lot about how if you're really really good, you will make it. Do you not subscribe to that? You know, you do hear people say, "Look, if if the guy's that good, he's going to get there." But but there are people who don't, and it's it's just one little thing that's missing. Is it usually money? It, it's usually money. In fact, I think it all comes to to me. It all comes down to money and whatever that looks like. Whether it's 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 they didn't land that sponsor, or the the guy didn't put the the works guys didn't put him in that car or, or whatever but it, I think it ultimately all comes down to money. Dario, do you remember a guy called Tom Klausler before your time? No. no. <coughs> he was a Canadian. Uh, I think he was Canadian, he may have been American but anyway he raced in Formula Atlantic in Canada and and also a little bit in the Can-Am and about a year before Gilles was killed I was talking to him one day and I said you know we were just talking about the drivers he'd raced against uh, and how he rated them, and he said, "This will surprise you, but Tom Clouser is at least as good as anybody I've ever raced against, and no one will ever know it." And uh, and he said, in his case, okay, it was money, but he said also, "I'm afraid the guy just isn't pushy enough." That can be a like that can be an issue. You know, we're one of the reasons we're doing the, the, this thing with the Curie Cost Young Driver Initiative is to help young drivers so they don't slip through the cracks if we can and you're not going to catch every driver and there's going to be a lot still but if we can help at least one or two or you know it's it's, it's better than than nothing and it's, it's actually it's worked well with kieran so far and um 
and Adam Mackay, and we're starting to sort of ramp that that up a bit more. So that's that's been good fun. Okay, good. Well done. Thank you very, very, very much. And uh, we're all looking forward to reading about the Laurel Hill Tunnel in your book and the photographs. <laughs> I wonder if Chip will let me talk about it. <laughs> <coughs> well, perhaps we should have a word with him. It's out now. It's, it's, it, needs it's, a, it needs a chapter, I'd have thought. From it's, been, it's been on the casting of the pod. It's out there, man. <laughs> it's gone around the world. Like, okay. It was in race car engineering, I think. As I say, we were oh, all being right. quiet, and then Chip's like, oh, yeah. But yeah race tunnel. car engineering? What's that? Anyway, okay. <laughs> Um, you're listening, of course, to the Motorsport Magazine uh, podcast. We do this every month with a different guest and different subjects. And uh, with me today is our editor, Damien Smith, uh, our roving man, Simon Aaron, and our editor-in-chief, Nigel Roebuck. And over in the corner is Ed Foster, who's our website editor. And he has a whiteboard with him, and I'm going to tell you why. Because for the next half an hour or so, we are going to f- choose 12 American races for our Hall of Fame American... It's okay, Demo, I'll get there. <laughs> I never doubt you, Rob. I never our, doubt you. For our... Uh, he is the governor, so I do have to... Well, shall I just explain quickly, just for those who've missed it, um, we've been running this for uh, the last six, seven months or so, um, for the Hall of Fame in 2016, for the first time, the public are voting for who goes in, with a little help from us in terms of we come up with a short list of nominees and then the public vote online via the, the Motorsport Magazine website. And we've done Formula One, sports car racing, rallying, motorcycling, and the fifth and final category we're, ta- we're tackling is today, which is the US scene as a general term. Um, and it can be drivers, engineers, uh, team bosses, etc. Okay, well, that, that's why he's the editor. <laughs> right, um, we're voting for 12 American races to go into the Motorsport Hall of Fame. Dario has his list on his smartphone because he's that kind of guy. Nigel's got them written in some funny little notebook, which is in his pocket somewhere. Uh, I can only afford a scrap Aaron's of got them on a scrap of paper, and Damien's got his on a scrap of paper. And Ed Foster will be writing the names on the board as da- we go. Damien's are typed. They're typed. They're typed. Get an editor, you see. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, okay. Right, Mr. Franchitti, let's start with you and let's have your nomination. Thank you. In no particular order. Uh, A.J. Foyd. Right. We'll, we'll, give, we'll give Ed time to write to that. That's a nice... Next. Nigel Roebuck. Um, I have to say Gurney at this point because, you know... Gurney? Yeah. Right. Okay, good. All good so far. Simon Aaron? Mark Donoghue. Good one. Another good one, yeah. And Damien Smith. Okay, I'll go for Roger Penske. Another good one. This is going to be tough, this one. So look, I'm not going to go do all the names around the table again. We'll just do another lap. Parnelli Jones. Nigel. Rick Mears. Yep. Ralph De Palma. Ralph De Palma. Okay. It's not like Simon to be different, is it? <laughs> <laughs> who, was the, who was the rally driver you chose? Just remind us. Jean-Luc Terry. Yeah, well, he's, he didn't. He's, he's not American. No, so well, he, did, he didn't get the job. <laughs> Voting's still open. Oh. Okay, so... Um, let me just have a look. Yeah, okay. Um, <coughs> I'll go for um, Richard Petty. Okay, right. So we have eight names, which means we need four more. But if you just stand aside one moment, Ed... I can just remind everybody where we are. We've got AJ Foyt, Dan Gurney, Mark Donahue, Roger Penske, Parnelli Jones, Rick Mears, what's his name, De Palma? Ralph. Ralph De Palma. No relation to Jonathan. No, no, uh, of course not. And Richard Petty. Is that King Richard Petty, is it? King Richard Okay, Petty, yeah. right. So that's our first eight names, all good so far. Uh, we need four more. Dario, go. <coughs> uh. I've got three. <laughs> I, I, I feel must be in it. Well, no, you can you can <sighs> do more than one, but then we'll have to get it down to twelve. B- b- uh, by the end, are you with me? Yeah, I mean, Jeff Gordon. I think okay. for me, my generation. Yeah, yeah, he's is, on my list as well. He's almost 
He's got to be in there. He's he is our generation's okay. Richard Petty, isn't he? Well, it's it? it's more fun if we have to distill more than twelve down to twelve because okay. then it gets then it gets in more interesting. The, the key thing about the Hall of Fame, I should just say, is is it's not just about results. You know, if it's if it was stat led, that'd be easier. Yeah. But it's about character. Yeah. It's about yeah. what you brought to the sport. Yeah. And, you know, that's why Jeff Gordon is so important to yeah. to our generation. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Bill France. Bill France. Yeah, absolutely. He's I would got, agree. You know, he's just okay. such. So let's have two from each of you on the last lap here then, shall we? And then that g- gives us some more to choose from. Okay. Um, Roger Penske. Well, we've got Penske. Penske's on oh, sorry, excuse me. Um, Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt, yep. If from NASCAR, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jim Hall. Jim Hall, good one. Chaparral. Revolutionary radical... Cars, the chaparrales from Texas. Simon? I'll go for Cale Yarbrough. Yeah. Um, for NASCAR influence from a previous generation. And I'll go for Don Garlitz, drag racing king. Don Garlitz. Yeah, that's a good one. I had Garlitz on my list because um, it's easy the to big forget. Big Daddy. It's easy for us to forget drag racing, but it's massively influential and important in the States. Have, have you been Has over to an NHRA thing? I went to a test day when we were testing the champ car. And bear in mind, this at the time was a thousand horsepower thing. And every time they did a, a run, mm. the whole champ car would shake mm. to the point I kept coming in saying there's something wrong and did it again. <laughs> and eventually they went, ah, <laughs> they, when a dragster pulls off, <coughs> it makes the earth move. Big character, Don Garlitz. I, I enjoyed meeting him. Right, Damien? Oh, I mean, well, in fact, you could almost talk about John Force too, couldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, being the editor, I tried to be as minimalist as I could and tried to really distill it down to six guys that I would put in and um, the six I had were five of them already on there which is Petty, Gurney, Gordon, Garlitz, Earnhardt and Penske yep. or is that six? That's six isn't it? <laughs> my, my maths is famous for being, being <laughs> Thank awful. Thank God you can write. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the one that I uh, hasn't been mentioned which I will add uh, into the pot is Alansa as in senior. Um, I think probably uh, Bobby and Al Jr. would be contenders as well but I think um, in terms of his impact on the sport, I think Senior is uh, a good contender. Yeah, okay. Uh, so look, we've got... Um, we 16, have, is it? We have to have 16 names now. So the idea is, as Damien explained a few minutes ago, that we want to come up with 12 names to put forward for the Motorsport Magazine Hall of Fame. Of course, we went to come up with a dozen for the Formula One list, as you'll remember. And uh, again, math's not our strong point. We ended up with like... Is it 15 on the list? I think it's 15. It's no, 15 but we're... But we, we, we've, since then, we've tried to be disciplined and get it down to a round dozen. So well, should, we, should, we, should we give it a go anyway? Today's been very disciplined. This yeah. is our best shot it's, at it's it so far. It's our closest one we've got. I'm trying to hang on to it. Yeah, you're doing well, Rob. You're so do, I'll stop mixing it and <coughs> making it more yeah. complicated. So up on the board, just to remind you, we've got Foyt, Gurney, Donahue, Penske, Jones-Parnelli, Mears, De Palma, Petty, Gordon, Bill France, Dale Earnhardt, can't read my eye. Jim Hall, uh, Kel Yarbrough, uh, Don Garlitz, uh, John Force, and Al Senior, Al Ansa Senior. Right, good. So, out of those, we need to pick 12. Now, this is the tricky part. Um, who's, Dario, let me ask you straight away who's absolutely got to go in there? Let's get that out of the way. I hate to say it, but most of them, if oh, not all. No. But Foyt, I mean, Foyt has got to be in there. Okay. Um, right. Okay, I'm going to... He's won. Okay, so we'll, we'll make... Everything. <laughs> he's won everything. Yeah. Yeah, he's First won four-time winner of the 500. Yeah. He is, he's, he is one of those people, those very few people that are bigger <coughs> than the sport, than, you know, than racing. He's, he's Sure. And he's 80... 81. What? 81. And he keeps yeah. trying to, with various um, farm hmm. machinery, trying to kill himself... And with you know all these infections and stuff, and he's just yeah, he's just a once in a lifetime person. He's really a hero, nice. isn't he? Love he the is fact he was in the roadster era, and he was still racing in the early nineties. You know, yeah. incredible, yeah. still going to Indy. Massive. But you know, I I I, I mean, I, I agree with you, but I have that feeling too about Parnelli. And yep. I remember talking to JYS about his 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 wasn't there at Indianapolis for very long, but he was you know he was certainly competitive and all the rest of it. And I said. You know who was the best, and he said, "Oh, without any question, Parnelli." He said he was just like silk around there. 
and there was literally there was no one like him. Well, it sounds like Parnelli. And actually, oh, yeah. people have said the same uh, in his time about Mears. Yep. If you watch, you know, Parnelli's won again in so many things. You know, he only won the 500 once through not really any fault of his own. <laughs> but it's not statistics, like you say. He's, he, but he won in, in uh, NASCAR. He won at Riverside. He gave Bill, Big Bill France the finger. Anybody that's brave enough to do <laughs> that is, uh, yeah. yeah, he's got to be on there. But, you know, he won in the, in the Baja. Um, he's a know, tremendous all-rounder. Team owner with, with, yeah. the, with the, the Vels Parnelli team. Yeah. yeah, he's got to be there, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Simon, who, who's got, we're, we're, we're trying to get four now who've just got to be in there. Oh, for me, it's, I'll go back to where I started, Mark Donoghue. I just think okay. his versatility, I mean, he was US road racing champion a couple of times in the 60s, won several Trans Am titles. He scored Penske Racing's first Indianapolis 500 win. He scored Penske Racing's first NASCAR win. And, you know, and he dabbled with Formula One at the end, as most yeah. of us know. I mean, he just, and, and he was an engineer as well as a racing driver. Yeah. The whole Penske organisation the whole way it goes about things I think you can say yet yeah, Roger is you know massive part of that but a percentage of that's got to be the way that him and Mark Donoghue went racing and it still I think goes right through that organization to, to this day so I, I definitely agree I've just bought the book the unfair advantage which I always laugh at with Roger I was looking I go your your first driver's book was called the unfair advantage what does that tell you? But it's always good to know your competition, and I think that's a great way to find it out, is to read read that book. Acid dipping Camaros and stuff back in the day, you know, yeah. it's all that sort of stuff. Oh, Roger always likes to have an ace up his sleeve when he's competing against you. <laughs> I know someone like that. Uh, um, Dario, I'm sure the other thing is, just while we're doing this, um, Gurney, given that Jimmy's father told Dan... It's Damien's... I'm sorry. I, I just <laughs> I just occurred to me looking at the list. I apologise. Given that Jimmy's father said to uh, to Dan at the funeral that he was the it's Dan Gurney, the only driver he'd ever feared. It's Dan Gurney. You can't not have Dan, Dan Gurney. Gurney. I was, was going to say Gurney. Honest, it wasn't just because Nigel said. <laughs> <was saying. laughs> no, I think Nigel's a good a good point. And and you know, Clark always apparently said it was he yeah. was the man. And yeah, but look um, what he's done as well. I mean. Yeah, and it's 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 everything. Formula yeah. One sports cars, construction, as design, a team owner as well, um, and as a figure, as a man yeah. in the sport as Absolutely. well, the way he conducts himself. Yeah, he still does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's a great, great figure. He's and interestingly, at the weekend at the racing car show, um, Jean Todd was was there. He doesn't make many public appearances, and he gave um, it was a, an interview um, to a, a large audience. And unprompted, he said his two motorsport heroes growing up were Jim Clark. Dan Gurney, really, which was very interesting. I wow. thought, and that's this is from a Frenchman who, yeah, you know, ended up with a rally background before he got into yeah, racing. interesting. But um, Gurney was the man for him as well. Good, and right? Well. Aren't I right in <laughs> thinking Charles March was the same that Dan yes, Gurney was? Yes, Charles March the, at Goodwood, the Goodwood years, yes, the early absolutely. Goodwood years. Yep, and the tribute to Gurney at Goodwood, I thought, was very special. You know, spend it was okay. Look at his history as a driver, as a team owner, all that. But spend if you're fortunate enough to spend five ten minutes or mm. in case five hours mm. just talking to the man mm. he is yeah he's one of life's great people yeah and he could have been a movie star oh yeah <laughs> and he built the alligator motorcycle i mean gurney if gurney's not in there i'm mrs thatcher i mean i've, I've been lucky <laughs> enough to interview him a couple of times and the, the last occasion i emailed his pa and said i'd like to talk to dan about a couple of things any chance she said oh he's, he's away skiing at the moment but I'll, I'll see what i can do within five minutes she's emailed me back saying right this is the telephone number of the skiing lodge. He's there waiting your call. And, <laughs> and, and I, I then had him on the phone for, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour. And he was expecting my call. And he was just a d delight yep. He's got to, that to deal with. He has that glint in his eye still. He just, yeah, yeah, no, great Absolute guy. Absolutely delightful. Fantastic guy, no doubt. Okay, so look, let, let's recap. Um, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. These are the names that are definitely going into the uh, Hall of Fame for the voting. Uh, Foyt, Gurney, Donahue, Parnelli Jones. So we need... Eight more. Eight more. Yeah. Right. Um, Damien, let's let's start with you. Um, we need to choose. Let's do, let's do another four and then review where we are. Yeah. Okay. Good idea. Um, well, I'll go for Penske next. I think Penske uh, as the the biggest figure and most important figure really in American racing for the last fifty years. I think um, cannot be on a list of Americans. You can't can't be without him. And he's my local car dealer. 
in Edinburgh. <laughs> There's always an agenda here, isn't there? <laughs> he, he actually sold me a car himself. Really? It was, it was the first time he's actually managed to get money out of me, and I think it made him so <laughs> happy. I was say, he must have loved that. After all those years, he did say that. He's like, finally got some money out of you. But it was a good deal. But yeah, no, you're right. I mean, all joking aside, he... I mean, for the other decades, the different formula, the, the mm. success. You see that picture? There's that famous picture of him sitting there with all those baby Borg trophies in the distance. And all all this time later, he's still the the, 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 the standard setter. Yeah. He still is the guy that you every week you know you're going to have to go out there and beat his team. And Yeah. We nobody's what a, what a personality. Nobody's chosen uh, Chip Ganassi and... and um, is that because Ganassi, if he's still doing what he's doing in you know thirty years' time, or what? Because it shouldn't be on stats alone. And well, I we mean, anyone who beats Penske regularly has got to be pretty. We were joking about it earlier, weren't we? Before we were on air, I was like, yeah, you know, with, with Chip, but Chip really should be in there. But it's a, it's, there's a very limited number, yeah. and and yeah. you know, Chip is, and in time, I believe Chip, you know, Chip's numbers are going to be. Re- ridiculously yeah. good because he's won the 500 a bunch of times he's won the Daytona 500 yeah. he's won you know the sports car races he, he runs cars over a wide mm. variety but Chip's just a he's a racing person you know we I see him at Daytona at that first test at the turn of the year and he he's <laughs> bouncing around he's happy yeah, to yeah. see him all year because he's like, oh I'm at a racetrack I haven't been at a racetrack <laughs> for two months yeah. he, he, he bleeds it and um, he will one you know one day Absolutely, be there. Okay, well, I guess I guess I'm not helping by introducing another name. So, who, uh, D- uh, Dario, who else has just got to be in there? I, I again, I, I look down that. I'm looking for the one that shouldn't have to, you know, shouldn't be an automatic, and there there, there isn't one. So, Jeff Gordon. Let's just go. go but let's move. We've, we've done sort of. I think we've covered a lot of IndyCar stuff for a minute here. Um, yeah. I would say from again from my generation, let's go with, let's go with Jeff. Yeah. Okay, Jeff Gordon. Um, I think it's that thing about you know a Californian coming through and you know blue-eyed boy, and he was young and he was the antithesis of everything that Dale Earnhardt stood for, um, and he was the first of a generation of, of NASCAR changing. I think and becoming, you know, moving into the modern world really. Um, and he was brilliant as well, wasn't he? You know, he was really. And in fact, he should have spent his life driving single seaters. Yes, that was that <laughs> as well. I don't think he'd have made nearly as much money as he did. No, no. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he um, when 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 they announced the pace car drivers at Indy, they sort of say, okay, and the pace car driver. Generally, the drivers will be like, who or what or <laughs> him or. I think that was especially when it was me driving the pace car. But anyway. When Jeff was announced as the pace car driver, some of the fans were saying, "Oh, it was a NASCAR guy." He's like, "No, this is Jeff Gordon. He's he reveres Indianapolis," mm. and all the drivers were like, "Absolutely, it's Jeff Gordon. You know, he's he's a hero of ours, and potentially he absolutely deserves one it." Driver. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I saw him drive the Williams that one day. Mm. I mean, Montoya was pretty stunned, and you know, for Montoya to admit he's impressed takes a lot. I don't think I've ever seen that. <laughs> <laughs> and I've known him a long time. <laughs> but you know, obviously, having driven NASCAR and watched him, what he did, mm. th- these guys have an immense amount of talent, um, which maybe not, wouldn't certainly translate to an Indy car or certainly not a Formula One car, but mm. they have immense talent. Um, and with time, he could have been good in any discipline. But the, 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 with these type of guys, with a Jeff Gordon, or with, you know, we talked about AJ, they kept that determination through decades mm. that's hard to do hard work you know because at some point your desire is going to tail off especially when you've got you know all the, the, the sort of the trappings that come with that success but sure. if you can keep your nose to the grindstone and, and I really believe that, that Jeff did and you know a lot of people don't know I think that he's driven the last I would say almost decade with his bad back injury mm. that, that he's really was one of the reasons he retired he really struggled with that and mm. was in a lot of pain a lot of time you know Nigel, you think he was winning sprint car races when he was 15 yeah, so unbelievable. You know. One more must-have name in there, Nigel. Uh, I think you you cannot have any list of American names without Richard Petty, can Agreed. you? Agreed. Yep. Totally yep. agree. Agreed. Um, <coughs> it's still, you know, people will say, "Oh, well, it wasn't as competitive back then," and maybe it wasn't. But two hundred wins. 
It's Not only that, but also also the way he travels the world and kind of represents that whole NASCAR thing. I think he's he's just such a big character, isn't he? And oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Got to be there, Simon. Yeah. Um, I'm going to stick with NASCAR, um, and doesn't have quite the same track record as Richard Petty, but Kelly Arbor, and I think I mean he was it was pretty feisty in his day, well, very feisty. I mean. And there's a school of thought that the trackside fight he had with Bobby Allison actually helped boost NASCAR's popularity tenfold. Um, but, Agreed, but, but I mean, yeah. I mean, he also won. I'm not sure if it's three or four Daytona 500s and three and three titles. It's three of one and four of the other. I can't remember which way around it is. Um, <coughs> but you know, he was he was and he won 80 odd 85 races, something like that, in Winston Cup, as yeah. it was called then. I just think he was he kind of transcended the sport. I mean, there were several like him, Petty being one, several Allisons. As well, but I just you know, there's and it's a quick name as well, isn't it, Kelly Arbor? That's it be worth fast. half a second. Yeah, it does sound very NASCAR. Yeah, yeah, it, it sounds immensely <coughs> NASCAR, but it's worth half a second. Also, right? we do like a good trackside fight, don't we? Oh God, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I just one thing for the readers here? If if you haven't heard of any of these people, if you heard of them but you don't know much about them, you know, read about them, go on YouTube and watch these mm. things, and 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 just. Have a have a sort of a, a delve into the history of these characters if if you get the chance because they they are a fascinating lot and they're maybe yeah. not certainly in the UK they're not household names but these guys are are yeah. sort of the bedrock of of American racing and it, it, I think it will be time well spent. In fact, I would invite them to. I would I would I would also invite them to search the motorsport online archive. In fact, oh, you are good. Uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, you know, m most of these guys have, have featured at one time or another in the in the magazine at length. Um, Yarbrough, I don't know how much we've done on Yarbrough, but certainly um, the rest of them on here. Are Lunch all with, get it okay, yeah. good. Well, and look, and while we're on this, we have to have Earnhardt, don't we? We, I think, we absolutely have to have Dale Earnhardt. Yeah, I we were coming to the last four. Yep, I'm yep. sorry, it's I, all right. You're being very ill-disciplined, Mr. Rover. <laughs> no, no, it's why we were on NASCAR. I just thought. Well, we you know. have learned from the past that a bit more discipline was needed in this, this exercise. This is this is the man who's you know the fifth columnist all these years. He's not he's he's not going to play by the rules. No, I know, no, 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 that's the way no, it is. No, no, quite right, quite right. One of the reasons I like him. Okay, let me review where we are. We've got Foyt, Gurney, Donahue, Penske. Parnelli Jones, Richard Petty, Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt, uh, Kale Yarbrough, and that's uh, that should be nine now. That's nine, yeah. Yeah, good. So okay, so we go. need we need three more names, and um, if we just go around the table, we're going to come up with four. So somebody, you can. Uh, well, it's a tricky one here. I think I tell you what, <laughs> Damien, let's. <laughs> Let's, 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 uh, uh, let's so we're going to let the guests certainly, yes, Dario I think and I think Nigel, and then um, I'll give it to Simon. It'll be a casting vote. Okay, okay so Dario, one more great name from American racing. If Jordan. Nigel's going to promise me to pick Rick Mears, <laughs> because he's a four-time winner, does not get the recognition he deserves, and, you know, Look back in, in, as Damien said, in, in the old motorsport archives of that test he did at Brabham and just how dynamite fast he was in it. Um, so Nigel's going to pick him. That's good. Uh, <laughs> Bill, Bill France. Um, you know, promoters just get a hard, hard time, yeah. and especially in America. And we've seen the sort of the mismanagement of of IndyCar, mm. car IRL, whatever you want to mm. call it. Mm. Bill France took a small regional sport and made it mm. a national just icon it's just a national pastime now i know baseball's it's a national call, pastime but he fact, is there's almost a case to be made for having the francis senior and junior yeah. to mm. bracket it yeah, absolutely I mean, the guys do an amazing job what they've done for for the sport and got very rich doing it and made a lot of the drivers and the team owners very rich mm. but they turned that sport mm. into what it is today well nigel we know what we know so yeah i will have i will have mares for sure um, I mean, I've I've talked to um, various people who were at Brabham when Mears had his test, and I mean Herbie Blash still refers to him as the great lost world champion. <laughs> I mean, he he just said, you know, it's it's said well the one thing he said you never one name he never mentioned to Nelson is Rick Mears <laughs> because it makes him edgy. Because of what happened that day, because it was his car and yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. in it. 
at um, yeah, I'd re- love to have seen that because I always thought I, I thought uh, that was a was great quicker. time in IndyCar racing. The cars were so fast then, and then watching Mears, he was so kind of neat and you know the guy. I don't know what there was something about him, wasn't there? Just on ovals, he was and road courses yeah. until he, until he sort of tried to take his feet off. Mm. Um, but the thing with Rick is okay, the talent actual just physical talent hand eye whatever you want to call mm. that is one thing he was an amazing driver the mental capacity the smarts he has there's a reason roger pays him all that money mm. i spent a day with him unfortunately it was just about the end of my career i spent a day driving around la with him to various things i learned more in that day i'm thinking where's this guy be on my career <laughs> just the way he breaks down a race or a track or yeah. a situation interesting but yeah. Yeah, I agree. Lost world champion. Interesting. Okay, let's uh, yeah. let's let our editor tell us. Uh, no, I think I'm going to defer to Simon and allow him to have the final pick. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, and um, I'm on the edge I of my knew seat the here because <coughs> there's basically two names on here that I I'm I'm really torn over. So uh, go yeah. for it, Simon. My, my, I mean, my inner renegade is very is, is very is very tempted to go with Ralph De Palma because no. I'm not going with Ralph De Palma, but it, um, Good. but I mean he. He almost won the 1912 Indy 500. He did win the 1915 Indy 500. And in the International Hall of Fame, they reckon he scored something like 2,000 individual race wins over however many years it was. I mean, I know that was probably racing seven times a week in America, but um, I mean, he, and he's a name that's not widely known and I think is worthy of discussion. But if we're going for a list of great American names, um, we cannot have a list that hasn't got an answer on it. Um, I just don't think we can. We have to have an answer, whichever one it is. And I mean, I'll I'll, I'll go for Al Senior. Big Al. Big Al. Yeah. Right. We're there. Yo. I think the, the the pain is we we don't have a drag racer on this list, which um, my my friends at Santa Pod are going to be uh, furious about next year. Next year we'll get a drag racer on there. Okay. Um, Jim Hall. Not being on the list is painful, mm. painful. There's so many people we didn't even sort of talk about, like Vukovic. Maybe I thought he was bound to be on your list, Nigel. Maybe 12 just isn't enough, Damien. Well, uh, the thing is to remember is this this Hall of Fame, the, the plan is to, to go for longevity here. We want this Hall of Fame to be around sure. for a long time. Sure. So the, you know, next year when we're having the same conversation, we'll add some more names in there that okay. we haven't discussed this right. year. We haven't even touched the sports car guys, have we? No, no. Well, we, and this is the problem. This is the problem with all uh, competitions and things that have uh, such uh, rigid structures. Just give us the 12 names then, please, Damien. Okay, uh, this is just in the order on the board. Uh, from left down the left-hand side, AJ Foyt, Mark Donahue, Parnelli Jones, Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt, Cale Yarbrough, Dan Gurney, Roger Penske, Rick Mears, Richard Petty, Bill France Senior and Junior. Okay. Yep, and Alan Senior. Good. Okay. Well, just just to remind everybody that Mario Andretti and Dario Franchitti, two well-known Italians are also in, or are already in the Motorsport Magazine Hall of Fame. That's why they're not in that list, okay? Dan Gurney is in the voting for the Formula One category, and he's now also, of course, in the voting for the American racing category, just to clarify that. And you, that's all you out there, listeners, readers, all you loyal people who support us here, you can vote uh, on this category and all the other categories by going to motorsportmagazine.com forward slash, oh, I hate that, Hall of Fame. So you go to motorsportmagazine.com forward slash Hall of Fame. You can see all the names in all the categories and you can vote. So please, please vote because then when we come to do our Motorsport Hall of Fame, it will be you who chose the people in it, which is how it should be. Because you're the fans out there, we just do the talking. Exactly. Good. Fantastic. Well, I hope you've enjoyed it, everybody, as much as we all have. Um, every time Dario comes, it's always great. He's just one of those good guys, you know? Thank you. And uh, <coughs> hopefully we'll be able to persuade him to come back later in the year. Are you doing Goodwood this year or I'm coming to Goodwood? I'm I mean? coming to the Revival and I think I'm going to be at the members meeting too. Good. Yeah. You Brilliant. Must, you must go to the members meeting. Yeah, <laughs> that's Marino tells me that's where the where the fun is. He's apparently driving something there. Is he now? I am obviously not allowed. Is it? 
Might be. <laughs> well, uh, that's in March, of course, the Goodwood Members Meeting. But right now it's the middle of January, the first of our new year, first podcast of the year for us. We'll be back, I think... I'm not sure we're coming back in February. or We are coming back in February. I know we're coming back in March with, with Pat Simmons, which will be a big one for everybody. Uh, but we will see you next month. Web editor Ed Foster nodding at me furiously. The editor looks happy, thank goodness. So we're all happy and we all look forward to seeing you next time. Whether you're going to Mugello, Monza, Melbourne, wherever you're going, have a great season and thanks for joining us today. Bye-bye.